Good morning and happy Halloween. This is your host, Sophia Nelson, and welcome to the Be The One You Need podcast. So it's trick-or-treat day. It's a Sunday, so you'll probably get a lot of the little ones running around. Make sure that uh, you're safe. Make sure that you practice some smart COVID protocols. You can go to the CDC website, and uh, I believe they have some guidance there, and probably your local um, county or state agencies also have some guidance we're going to put a table out we're going to put candy out we're going to decorate have a little music for the kids decorate the house as always outside uh, so that they get a good experience but we're going to make sure that um we keep our distance and let the kids grab candy at will um, have them in individualized bags that they can just grab and go and uh, that's just what we're doing so um have a happy halloween it's a beautiful autumn day here in the commonwealth of virginia and uh happy self-care sunday um man i've had a rough few weeks um for those of you that follow me you know what's going on down at my university at christopher newport university and uh it's been rough we're gonna talk about that today but not in the context of talking about what happened and and how ugly it's gotten and all of that that's not what i want to talk about on this podcast we talk about those things over on the one america podcast but i do want to talk about today something that really plays into this theme that we have going on this last day of October through the end of uh, 2021. We have two months exactly left to the day, two months from now. We've got eight, nine weeks left essentially in the year 2021. And um, as I always do on my platforms every year, um, I begin to challenge you and myself to think of what I want my next year to look like. What does my next year look like now? And um, this new series of shifting into self-care 2022 is important because as we see more and more data evolve from the COVID pandemic and as we see more and more statistics come out, we know a few things to be true. Depression is at an all-time high. Suicides at an all-time high. And this isn't just adults. This is affecting children as young as in grade school. Um, We're suffering we're struggling. And uh, I believe there's a reason for that. Now, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. um, Obvious disclaimer. But I do know people. And I've been blessed to travel this entire world and talk to people. And I've been blessed to have amazing people in my life. And also to have some people in my life who caused a lot of pain and a lot of destruction. And I had to learn whether I was going to let that define my life make me uh, a mean person, an angry person, a bitter person, or if I was going to to do something good with it. I've, I've said this before publicly, but the whole book, The Woman Code, came out of a situation where I had a choice to make. And I had a choice where I could be offended, and I could get angry and want revenge, or I could take it, and I could use it for good. If you read code number nine in the woman code, you know what I'm talking about because I lay it all out, what happened. And it's how the book was born. Because that experience with other women, women who wore my sorority letters, women who I thought were sisters and friends, was hurtful, it was searing, it was disappointing. And um, you have to step back in those situations and you have to do a little analysis of of you gotta you gotta not take it personal and you gotta move it away from you and god knows i'm trying to do that in this situation that i find myself in now but it's too fresh and it's going to take a minute because you got to step back and get perspective but 
Uh, The topic that we're going to talk about today, when we get on this podcast, we talk about self-care, everything self-care, how to care for your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, your sexual health, your relational health, your spiritual health, because being the one you need and being the best you is always about you taking care of you first and doing the work. It's not about somebody else doing the work. It's not about what somebody else did to you. It's about what you're going to do with the cards you've been given. And I want to talk today about being offended. The difference between being offended and being harmed. Because I think we've got that really confused in this modern time. We have really messed up with our words, with our lexicon, with how we talk about things and how we react to things. Social media has done it. These devices have done it. Any fair reading of data, whether it's the Microsoft studies or other studies on the brain, and how the brain is being impacted and literally rewired and changed by how we communicate with these things, how we have the lights on all the time from the phone and how it's messing with our brain, how it's messing with our eyesight, how it's even affecting our our audio sensors and how we hear and, and how we react. It increases uh, the adrenaline response, the fright or flight syndrome uh, that happens in stress response. We are a people now who are 24-7 on edge. We're pissed off and we're angry. And I've not seen that play out more vividly in my own life than what's been happening down at the school. And a quick recap of the facts, not my feelings, but the facts. And facts have to be verifiable things that are provable. Facts have to be things that everybody can objectively look at and go, yes, The sun is out today. It's daytime. It's not nighttime. It's not gaslighting. It's not something that we've all become very accustomed to in our modern political culture, which is outright lies about things that didn't happen, i.e. the big lie, right? That somehow someone else won the election than who was certified and who actually won the election and who is actually the president of the United States. So a quick recap of the facts. Uh, I sent a tweet on October 11th. It was coming out day. I had no idea I wouldn't. I'm not gay, so I didn't know. But it's something that I should have known, something that I should have been sensitive to. Um, And I think we're all learning. I sent a tweet. DC Comics announced that they were going to have a bisexual teen character, Superman and Lois Lane's son. Uh, And uh, they had a graphic of uh, the young Superman boy uh, grabbing and kissing another boy. And it's ironic that in my Sunday school class just the day before and in my small groups and and the people that we gather and we talk and we pray uh, while we're still doing COVID and being socially distanced, um, that this subject actually came up because here in Loudoun County, Virginia, as you know, we're ground zero. And we've had a lot of issues with our school board. We've had school board officials being attacked by parents. We've had parents put in jail um, for protesting about their children being physically and sexually harmed. Uh, we've had a teacher here, Tanner, who uh, made the decision he would not use the pronouns for transgenders and that he would uh, stand on his faith and that he would, um, um, he felt that it was abuse. Now, I don't have to agree with his point of view, um, and I am a person of faith. You all know that, a big one. Uh, but that's where we are. And in that context, I responded to the tweet with a question. Uh, I editorialized a little bit, which I wish I had not done in the beginning and at the end. I should not have said it's being pushed on us. I should not have um, said, you know, shaking my head. Uh, What I should have just done was ask my question and done so more artfully. And that question was, how do Christian parents talk to their kids about this? 
uh, they're being over-sexualized. And I went on to do a series of tweets, about 10 of them, about this and the over-sexualization of children. You know, um, the reality is, those of you who follow me, I'm always provocative. I'm, in a paid, I'm a paid opinion writer. I get paid well for my thoughts and my opinions and my analysis, and it's what I do. And wearing this other hat of academia uh, is a new thing. It's only two years old, and I'm still learning. And when I say I was jumped on for that tweet by the LGBTQ plus community, I'm probably making a, a gross understatement of how they reacted. Uh, I wasn't aware until it was brought to my attention by school officials that my very public tweet had been brought into the university. There was angry bisexual faculty, angry students. And of course, I did what any responsible person should do, any Christian person should do, any decent human being should do, any civil person should do, which is I took my tweet down and I apologize not once but twice. I apologize first to the LGBTQ community because I didn't realize it was coming out day. And then I apologized to my students and said, um, I have to make this shift. And I didn't think about it and I should have thought about it. And I'm going to make it right. And I'm going to get down. I'm going to talk to you. And everybody was on board. And then this thing took on a life of its own because this one professor, uh, a woman who's openly bisexual, and I think she's also married, um, went into a place of offense that I've rarely seen from a professional person because usually in our jobs, we have to have some decorum. We have to have respect for other people. We have to respect others' rights. And her assault and attack on me in writing, I'm a lawyer, was stunning to me because I thought how reckless she doesn't even realize or someone hasn't cared about her enough to tell her that she can't write these things without being accountable for them. Um, she filed complaints against me for a tweeted question that had nothing to do with the school, nothing to do with the students at the school, nothing to do with the faculty and staff there. That's not just my opinion. That is the general counsel's opinion, as stated to the faculty senate on October 15th. And I know because I had a ton of people texting me in real time when they were in there and, and out after the meeting sharing what happened and that we were going to have a big, courageous conversation. We're going to come together, sit on the great lawn, and we were going to dialogue, which I was really excited about. Back to the point of being offended. Here's the thing. This thing blew up when all that professor had to do as a grown woman with a PhD was pick up the phone and say, Professor Nelson, or send me an email instead of tweeting me, and I did not see the tweet. I have 80,000 followers. I don't see a lot of tweets. And all she did do was send me an email. She has my email and say, hey, let's grab coffee when you're on campus later this month. Let's talk about this because I want to help coach you. I want you to understand that, yes, I get you're an opinion person. I get that you were, you know, doing what you do, but we've got kids here and we've got LGBTQ plus kids here and I'm going to help you so that you succeed here. That's what a real woman does. That's what a real professor does. That's what a real leader does. That's not what she did. She made the choice to be offended. And in her offense, she got 170 of her colleagues who've never met me, um, several who've contacted me in writing and apologized that they signed on to that letter because they, quote, trusted their colleague and they didn't do their homework. And so when they saw my open letter and when they saw my video, they were mortified because they realized they didn't do their due diligence. Here's the thing. Being offended is dangerous. 
We all get there. We all feel it. And that's fine. But what I do in my offense, what I do in my anger, as the scripture says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Why does it say that? Because if you sleep on anger, if you ruminate in anger and you meditate on anger and then you get a bunch of your posse that agrees with you and you stoke them up and they stoke you up and you guys get all revved up in anger. Anger has been dangerous in the history of the world. Anger over Catholicism versus the Muslim faith, the Crusades. Anger over who had power and who didn't. Every world war we've had. Anger over sometimes righteous anger over human rights abuses. And then we go to war over that. That's righteous anger. But there's a difference, folks. And to the young people who follow me, I need you to hear me on this because I'm worried about you. And I say this from a real place. I'm going to be 55 years old. I've lived life now. I've earned the right to speak, as have others. I've earned the right to be heard. I don't get to be told how to think and what to do and to be muted. There's a whole movement afoot now that is wrong-headed and it is rooted in being offended. I don't like what you say. I don't like how you think. I don't like who you voted for. I don't like that you have that MAGA hat on. I don't like that you have the Biden-Harris hat on. I don't like that you're a liberal, a progressive, a conservative, a white nationalist, whatever it is. We walk around every day in my country, in the United States of America, and we're offended. And then we start hurling names at people, people who are good people, who maybe made a mistake. Maybe your neighbor who asks about why you have those braids as a black woman and is that your hair and they're white, they don't mean to offend you. They're not trying to be rude or disrespectful. They're curious. It's not in their culture. They don't know. They actually probably think they're having a conversation, right? They actually probably think they're connecting. Give that person the benefit of the doubt. Don't cuss them out. Don't go off on them. Don't lecture them about the history of racism in America. That's not the appropriate forum for that. The appropriate forum for that is when someone at your job calls you the N-word or someone at your job is marginalizing you or someone at your place of worship or someone at your university is trying to silence your voice because they think theirs is superior. That's when you break out the history. That's when you break out uh, what you know and what the law says and what the facts are. That's when you do that. We've got to start giving each other some grace because if not we're all going to have these little cabals of lynch mobs where when person x does something i don't like i'm going to get 10 of my friends and we're going to take her out and we're going to wreck her and we're going to run her out of the pta and we're going to we're going to put her out of the ladies bible study really is that what bible study is about being rude to people and mean to people and ostracizing people i don't think so so Dealing with offense is something that we're going to have to tackle because this whole movement of cancel culture, which I've been talking about a lot because I've been in the middle of it, is rooted in offense. Folks, there is a difference between your feelings being hurt and you actually being physically or emotionally harmed. They are very different. And now we equate the two. I'm pissed off. You rubbed me the wrong way. I don't like what you said. So now I'm unsafe around you. Now I am, I don't want you in my space. I don't want to see you. I don't want to look at you because you make me uncomfortable. Boy, I got to tell you, young people, 
If you don't do better with this, if you don't stop being offended and stop punishing people and reacting and retaliating, you're not going to do well at life. You will not succeed in business, in marriage, in love, in friendship, in whatever you endeavor to do professionally, personally, and otherwise. You won't make it if you don't learn how to forgive, if you don't learn how to pause, if you don't learn how to respect, if you don't learn how to say, yes, I've got a voice and I've got something to say and I want to be heard. But so does that other person have a voice and a right to be heard. It is abject hypocrisy to say that everybody should respect you and tolerate you why would you want to be tolerated when you rather be accepted when you rather be part of the team when you rather sit at the table because I know I do I don't want to be in any place where I am not welcome I'm not going to be in any place where I'm unsafe not just because my feelings are hurt because I see the actions of people taking actions to demean my intelligence demean my value try to hurt my reputation, try to harm my employment, which is how I feed my family and pay my bills and do what I need to do like all of you, it has to stop. And if we keep going in this place of being offended and angry and upset and reactionary, we're not only going to destroy the fabrics of our society, which you can see is coming apart at the seams literally before our eyes, the gun violence, the entitlement that people feel, that men feel when they get angry and a woman breaks up with them to go murder her or to murder their wife and children because they got upset and they couldn't handle their aggression. This happens every day and we're not talking about it. Domestic violence through the roof. People beating on other people because they can't deal with their own trauma, their own pain, and their own issues. Back to being offended and harmed because they are different. Physical harm is when I punch you in the face. Physical harm is when I've done something abusive to you. Physical harm does not result from somebody's tweet. Physical harm does not result from somebody's words. You have to choose to be offended. Full stop. It's a choice. Now, again... And for those of you that keep getting on my social media and your little comments about can you go a few minutes without saying you're a black woman, how dare you? There's something wrong with you. You should go sit down because I am a black woman and that's my reality and that's my lens. Just as yours is being LGBTQ plus or whatever your identity is, male, white, nationalist, conservative, liberal, whatever you are, we all get processed through the lens of how people see us. People do see color. They do. And they lie if they say they don't. Because you do. And so this being offended thing where we, we really come after people. and We're going to show them because we didn't like something they said. Or they didn't get back to us fast enough. And then that entitles us to go off on a rant and on a tear. I've seen it in my family. I've watched my family be broken by unforgiveness and unkindness and lack of patience and lack of communication and lack of the ability to to actually sit and hear the person's heart and instead operate in, I'm offended 
and I don't like that you corrected me and I don't like that you want me to actually return your text or return your calls when you're my grandmother, my grandfather, my aunt, uncle, father, mother, whatever. This new generation, Gen Z, they are different than those of us of Gen X and, and, and baby boomers, etc. And that's fine. Every generation is different. But this generation is different in that it operates, its core soul is found in being offended. And it starts from social media. It's block, delete, cut, unfriend, ghost. Ghosting is a hallmark of this generation. They will just cut you off and they don't feel that they owe you an explanation. They're like, well, I cut you off. Don't you get it? And then somebody's walking around devastated for the rest of their life. This new book I'm working on, I open it up, be the one you need, this book, talking about the family because everything in your life starts with your family whatever your family looked like whatever it consisted of that's your genesis we learn everything our trauma starts there our joy starts there our our happiness starts there our lack thereof and the family is shifting and we're seeing a dynamic with this new generation where uh, families are cutting each other off they're not connected as they were at the start of the 20th century or back to time of mortal war. Families stayed together. They were nuclear families. They took care of each other. They fed each other. We're very transient. We move. But this new generation, if they feel like their parents didn't do a good job, if they feel like their parents offended them, I mean, the research is there. David Brooks did an amazing column on this in New York Times about, oh, three or four months ago that you should look up talking about the impact of this new generation on how families are being ripped apart. Parents not being invited to weddings, parents not meeting their grandchildren. This is happening right in the UK with Prince Harry and, and Meghan and Prince Charles and the Queen. Prince Charles has a new granddaughter. He hasn't gotten on a plane to see her. Harry hasn't taken the baby to meet her grandfather and great-grandmother who she's named after because they're offended. They're mad at each other. They're pissed off. I hope you hear me on this because if you're nursing right now a wound or an offense, I'm not talking about, let me be clear, and I hear I'm going to bring it up again, what happened to you. Get the book, read it, get the book, read it, get the book, outline it, what happened to you. Because trauma gives us triggers. I grew up in a hellhole household. I've said it many times. I know what abuse is, real abuse, as do many of you out there. So it's not something I made up in my feelings. I know what it's like to literally be run out of my home in the middle of the night with bare feet as a child. The maniac, cursing, yelling, and acting out. So trauma is real, and it informs our view. And so if we don't feel good about ourselves already, if we've been um, teased or bullied because we were overweight or we weren't as attractive as the other children, whatever, that gives you trauma and then you have these triggers so that when someone that comes along, it's the old adage of a woman who's been abused by men her whole life, mistreated. She's a good woman, but she keeps picking bad guys. And then a good guy comes along and the good guy is kind. He's gentle. He's loving. He's got money. He loves her. He wants to marry her. And she beats the hell out of that guy emotionally. She terrorizes him. She doesn't open herself to him. She doesn't allow herself to be vulnerable. Why? Because she's still holding on to the hurt. She's still holding on to the offense. She's been traumatized and she can't actually believe that there's somebody good and decent who will treat her right. That is how we're walking around. We're just mad. We're just offended. And I'm telling you, the situation that I'm in right now, when it is over, and it will unfortunately not be over for a while, 
But when it is over and people look back outside of the heat of the mob, outside of the heat of the frenzy, outside of the heat of anger and entitlement and telling people what to say and how to think and how to feel, good people who are already DMing me, people have been sending me video clips of some of the things that have been said about me when I wasn't present at these so-called forums. And they're really lynch mobs is what they are. Let's call them what they are. Because when you are raging and attacking another person and berating another person and denigrating them, they're not in the room and you keep doing it and it keeps being sanctioned, that is a systemic and systematic degradation and assault on another human being's humanity. They keep talking about a tweet that they got offended by, but they've done the most egregious, offensive, ugly things that anybody's ever seen in a situation like this. It is spilled into the national media, to the local media, with much more to come. And offense just keeps rolling like a snowball, folks. It keeps growing and growing and growing until people get crushed, destroyed, and ruined. I'm not going to be crushed, destroyed, and ruined. The good news for me is I have a whole big life outside of this. This is a blip. It's unfortunate. It's something that I'll have to deal with, and I will because I don't want anybody else to ever deal with it, but I want you to get the core message here. When you operate in offense instead of in a spirit of, well, let me ask questions. Let me find out. Let me see how I can help. Let me give this human being the benefit of the doubt. Let me coach them. Had that professor called me like a woman and said, I want to meet with you and let me bring in the dean and let me bring in the the DEI director and let's sit down as women and have a glass of wine or some coffee and talk, I would have driven my car down there the next day. That's a true statement, and anybody that knows me knows that's 100% who I am. I'm a talker. I'm an engager. I would have loved to have had that dialogue because I would have liked to have learned as I went about trying to do what upset people and what I needed to change because that's what a woman does. A woman doesn't take a match, start a fire, and burn the house down because she's upset, yet it happens every day of our lives. Careers have been ruined on social media. People misunderstood, people taken out of context. Then the protests start. Then it's, I want your job. Then it's, I want your position. Then it's, I want you to step down. I want you to be silenced. I want you not to be heard. Folks, that's not good. No civil society can stand like this. You've got to be a grown up and you've got to know the difference between words that are just words and words that actually mean something. You have to know the difference about when you should really get offended and upset and protest. Protest because police officers are killing black people in broad daylight, like the whole world did over George Floyd. That was worth being offended by, outraged by. That was good. But don't spend your energy and your your talents and your gifts attacking somebody over a tweeted question that had nothing really to do with you or the context or the place in which you work or operate at all. You made a choice. And that's what I want you to hear. Being offended is a choice. It's one we make. We can choose to do something good from the offense or choose to do something bad. I'm always going to choose to try to see the silver lining. And that's going to happen in this situation too. I will find a way out of this to create another book, another dialogue, another forum Um, and I want to say thank you to the many people who have reached out with kindness and goodness and said this just isn't right you made a mistake you owned it and you wanted to fix it and they just crushed you because they got mad I really hope this sinks in the next time you are 
ready to be mad, the next time you're ready to be offended, the next time you're ready to crush somebody because they hurt your feelings or cut somebody off who's your family, who loves you because they made a mistake that's wrong. Again, if there's been sexual abuse at the hands of a parent or a sibling or uncle, aunt, there's been violence on your person, on your body, on your soul, you have every right to not ever, ever deal with that person again. If that person comes to you 20 years later and says, I've changed, I was wrong, I hurt you, and I just want you to know that I know, and it wasn't your fault, and it was me because I was broken, I was traumatized, I was abused. You can hear them, and you can thank them for owning what they did to you. And then you can decide if you want to deal with them or not. That's your choice. But don't spend your life operating in what happened to you in the past or what somebody said or what somebody did and how they made you feel because feelings are not reliable things. They change really quickly. We're emotional creatures. And being offended is one of our most reflex, easiest emotions to go to. It's easy. It's a cheap emotion, right? Because being angry actually feels good. I can get revved up. I can curse. I can yell. I can scream. I can do damage like a storm that comes through. It breaks things. It destroys things. It takes lives. So does offense. That's my word to you today. If you're going to take care of you for real, these past few weeks have been toxic to my soul. Chaos, anger, attack, assault, embarrassment. I have a book to finish, I have work to do, and I've gotten none of it done because I had to literally stop to deal with this foolishness. And that's what it is. But it's had a real impact on my life. I've lost some speaking engagements, and I appreciate the, the, the schools that reached out to me that wanted to have me on forums post the election. And their concern was, if we bring you here, What we don't want is for the mob to start on our campus because they've seen and are connected to the mob on your campus. So step back, Sophia, take a breath, take care of you, and we'll figure this out and we'll have you back when we get this thing quieted down. That's that's the result of offense. That's the result of being angry too long and stoking it up. That's not good for you. It's not good for your heart. It's not good for your physical health. It's not good for you. So that's my word to you today. As we go through this journey into the next year, I want you to work on being offended. And I want you to stop being offended. You can have hurt feelings about something. You can be mad about something. You can be upset about something. That's normal. But what are you going to do with it is the question. You're going to take it and use it for good. You're going to open up a dialogue. You're going to ask a question like, why would you do that? Or why would you say that? And try to get an answer. Or do you want to be angry? Do you want to be offended and do you want to then start a fire that unfortunately once fires start and they begin to ravage and destroy, they rarely can be put out. Very prime examples is what we've seen in California over the last few years. Those fires rage and they consume everything in their way. Anger is a fire. Being offended is a fire. Don't let it consume your life. Thank you and have a blessed day.